what do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. Hey, what's going on, guys? Royale with cheese here. Episode number 31. Took a little longer because there's quite a few more movies to watch. Um, we did all the Pixar movies, and we ranked them for you, especially with the new Onward that just came out. Uh, it's also on Disney Plus now. We decided uh, we'll rank all 22 so far. Yeah, uh, definitely an interesting week. You have from the lines of borderline Disney princess movies to talking cars, the worst idea they've ever had, to some really unique ideas like Inside Out. So we will, I guess, I guess let's bring out what we put a poll out on our Instagram, what is the best Pixar? Yes. And Monsters, Inc. won. Yeah, so the poll out on Instagram, um, yes, that's right, Monsters, Inc., you guys decided that we had some close seconds with Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 2, but overall, it was uh, pretty much a runaway with Monsters, Inc., which is, um, I don't know if that's surprising, I think it's probably because our demographic probably grew around right around that time, grew up right around that time. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest thing to do with it. I'm um, just surprised Nemo wasn't put more. I'm not saying it's the best movie, yeah, but if we're yeah, going yeah. by I feel like, like I've seen Nemo up, a lot yeah. more than anything else. But um, So you want yeah. to start at the bottom of the list? Yeah, let's go from the bottom and work our way up. Well, if you haven't guessed by yet, or by now, you probably could guess the bottom of our list is Cars 2. Quite possibly, they should just remove this, disown this movie, burn any copy they have of it, and name Cars 3, Cars 2. Yeah, for in sure. In place of this. Cars, yeah, Car, Cars 2 is just so awful because if you've seen it, it, it's basically, they take the whole structure of Cars and they're basically humans is what we see and uh the animation is not the greatest in it like they've had better movies with better animation so therefore pixar fails this one seemed like the biggest cash grab probably of all the car of all the pixar movies especially with sequels because of the fact that this really had nothing to do with racing like it had some to do with racing but it turned to a like basically a spy thriller of nowhere and it focuses on uh tomater um the sidekick for the whole movie which is absolutely the worst decision because in cars he's okay, you can stand him with a couple one liners here and there, but focusing yeah. on him for almost two hours is Agreed. really, really brutal. I mean, I just didn't like it at all. It was just stupid, and it made no sense because it didn't feel like it needed to be a cars movie. It could have been explained with literally anything else. It did not need to be a cars. Yeah, the James Bond esque part of it was the worst thing I've ever seen. Giving Mater more than one line is the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean. <laughs> It, I legitimately felt bad for Owen Wilson reading out these lines in it. And now just, uh, I mean, I guess on the bright side, like the only thing I could take away good from Cars 2 would be it's an hour and 46 minutes, which is always a relief. Yeah, I mean, most Pixar's probably, are, uh, they stay under two hours for the most part except for a couple. And the thing about this one is I legitimately think they could have made this into a short and it would have been better. Yeah, like actually, minute short. that's actually a good point on this one because it's so out there and feels so not cars that, like, if they would have just done this spy stuff as a short, I think it actually could have worked. Yeah, I mean. But making it into a feature-length movie was obviously the Pixar's other, biggest flaw. So. The other good thing you have in this is Owen Wilson, and then you also have Michael Caine. Caine yeah, yeah, which Michael is Caine, yeah. Uh, Batman in the Dark Knight's uh, Alfred. Uh, Alfred. Yeah, so moving on uh, to our 21 spot, um, it's going to be Cars 3. Yeah. I mean, Cars 3 is actually better than Cars 2, but still just because it follows <laughs> yeah. the plot line. That's the only, legitimately the only reason this is better is because Mater doesn't have as many lines and it follows the plot line. That is it. Yeah, so... Uh, I basically agree with Seth. It actually has to do with racing this whole movie. And it brings in another character in this. And basically it's his trainer. And um, it, she she has always wanted to race her entire life. So it kind of focuses on that. And last minute there's obviously like a little plot twist to it, I guess. But it's just the fact. Cars 3 basically focuses on... Um, Lightning McQueen, he's now older. He's kind of washed up. Yep. He doesn't. He can't race as quick as these new cars anymore. Um, 
that would be an okay plot, but this movie feels like once again, 45 minutes too long. And then for the end to them, just blow everything up. Like they did really makes no sense to me. It kind of defeats the whole purpose of the movie. I feel like, yeah, like it, I feel like it doesn't really do anything in that regard. Yeah. So I guess the next movie we have, and I guess we'll get into, we'll, once we say the last part of that franchise, we'll get into the franchise and if, whether we liked it or not and where it falls in our ranking, because yeah. our franchise ranking for each of the things is going to be similar to our ranking for the movies. Yeah. But our next one at number 20 is the good dinosaur. Now this one, it it's unique in one way, only one way. The dinosaurs and the humans flip spots, and obviously it's going for some, I guess, evolution-esque type of thing going on. Yeah, where the, I guess, dinosaurs evolved but quicker than the humans. Besides that, it's a pretty bland movie. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's a couple scenes that are, like, okay, but... I think the thing, the thing that this has up on the Cars movies is at least feels like a movie... And then also the animation, the animation especially of the backgrounds and stuff, is really, really excellent. And uh, we did a long... Also an hour and 30 minutes, yeah. which is 15 minutes shorter than each of them. Yeah, we did a long review of this, so you can always check that out if you want to know more of our feelings on The Good Dinosaur. But overall, um, it just it doesn't really work out that well, you know? And before we go to our next one, I would like to say, though, about Pixar in general, the thing that always makes Pixar stand out is the fact that they take maybe non-human subjects or extra human people and they throw you through this crazy adventure right but in the end it still feels grounded and it feels like you can relate to all the characters and um for example that's why i think like a lot of the sequels and stuff and a lot of the cash grabs that pixar has made you don't feel those ties as closely like in cars 2 and cars 3 yeah you don't feel that like human connection necessarily as well or it's just real Nothing like Good Dinosaur, for example, doesn't have much to say throughout the whole movie, and that's I think one of the flaws with it. Because Pixar is, I feel like, definitely made for kids and adults, and Good Dinosaur just felt more childish, yeah, than the usual ones. Um, so uh, moving on to number nineteen on the list is uh, Onward. Now this is our new one in the series, I guess. Yeah, it just came out this year, and um, it was at Big the theaters for a little it. bit. Um, it kind of. I felt like the it was underwhelming how much of attention it got because it is a Pixar, but I feel like I barely heard much about this movie like at all. Honestly, though, rightfully so. Oh yeah, I totally agree. This movie is like every half the people are humans, half the people are like fairy tale creatures, like basically like Lord of the Rings kind of stuff, like elves and and uh, go on. What, what's the what's centaurs? the it's yeah, centaurs? Yeah, centaurs, 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 whatever. Anyways, centaurs? yeah, so. It just this one's another one where the animation's fine in this manicores and I and I think the storyline and like what the meaning of this movie is that like we don't necessarily need like a father figure or a mother figure like other people replace those things in our lives for us and we should be grateful for them even though they might not be able to live up a hundred percent to what we want them to be like there's people trying in our lives to fill those roles and we should appreciate them which I think is a good message overall yeah it definitely had a. It's definitely its message was the most solid part. Yeah, but this you spend hour and forty minutes with these characters, and like, I just don't find them all that likable in general. It just didn't seem like a Pixar. Like, I mean, I think one big thing for me about Pixar is besides the animation, which blows any, I'd say any other animation out of the water. It's unique. Every Pixar made's unique. You got toys. You got. Uh, sea creatures, dinosaurs, um, cars. I mean, even though Cars is dumb, I think it's very unique. You got Bugs Life, uh, superheroes, uh, up about a floating house, like Wally, super unique, Ratatouille, Inside Out. Like, they're just unique. I yeah. don't think Onward was that unique. Yeah, I feel like even though they try to go for these, like, really colorful characters and stuff. It really is, like I said, it doesn't feel like a Monsters, Inc. or something like that where the characters are, like, monsters and yet they feel human. This one, this, I, I don't know, it just didn't really work that well for me. Overall, I found it kind of boring and kind of like Good Dinosaur in the sense it was more focused on kids and stuff. Also, Chris Pratt plays the older brother in the movie, and the whole role seems like it was definitely written for Jack Black. Yeah. Like, 
that's all I could think about the whole time. Like the way he's just like crazy and stuff like that. Like it's okay. as Chris Pratt, but I'm like, this was definitely written for Jack Black and either they missed out on him or he didn't want to sign for it. So yeah, that's, that's the other thing that Pixar does pretty well is they also cater to both audiences without one of the other audiences knowing if that makes sense. So I'm not saying like they throw out dirty jokes, but they throw adult jokes in there that kids might not pick up on, but kids will be laughing at other jokes or dumb jokes, I guess. Yeah. For our uh, 18th spot, we have cars. The first one. So this is by far leaps and bounds better than the other two, but that's not saying much. And I guess really the only thing is it's a very under average movie, but it just looks so much better than the other ones in my opinion. I mean, I guess it's unique that they're using cars, but the problem with them using cars is they leave so many plot holes in this movie. And granted, it's a kid's movie, and I guess you can oversee some plot holes, but I mean, literally everything in the, the movie is plot holes. They drink oil. like Yeah, the Cars universe in general. Why wouldn't they drink gas? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Think If you just think about the Cars universe in general, it doesn't. Like, if you think about it for more than two seconds, it doesn't make any sense. But, um, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, like, some, like, the tractors are cows, but they're not sentient human humans for some reason. Yeah, it doesn't make I don't any know. sense. Uh, but and then the bugs are also just small, smaller cars. Like, I don't know. This whole world doesn't really make much sense. Uh, but like Seth said, cars, uh, even though the animation doesn't necessarily, I think, live up to the Pixar standard. Um, I feel like the story is at least better than all the other movies down below this, but, um, it's definitely makes cars two and three look abysmal, but still this franchise is not that great. It had a couple funny lines, but overall it's just, I I find, I find Tomater played by Larry, the cable guy just to be mostly annoying. Yeah. And I, 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 I really enjoy this one. All I was going to say is big shout out. Um, obviously you have Owen Wilson in this, but you also have... Tony, I'm not even going to try his last name. It's Monk from the Monk series. Shalub. Yeah. Shalub. And this, obviously, Cars is our worst, I think, the worst Pixar series. It's the worst franchise for sure. It's definitely 100% catered to kids only. Yeah. It probably is one of their best-selling products. Yeah, and and they, yeah, well. Toy-wise. Yeah, I I think pretty much any Pixar usually does pretty well. I I can think of a couple of exceptions that didn't do like as well as they planned, but um for sure, Cars did well in the theaters. Yeah. That's why you have three of them. But it is they're the worst franchise. Yeah, I, I think of the Pixar. It just doesn't make any sense at all, and that's really what kills the franchise. Yeah, moving on to seventeen is this was a first time watch for me at least is uh Brave, um. This one just felt really weird because it's focused on um, basically Merida, I think is her name, and she's a princess, and they want to marry her off, you know, to have alliances and stuff. Like I think it's in Britain, early Britain, so it's like all these kind of whales or something. So they're all these different tribes, you know. Let's see, kind of like Vikings, but um, I thought it was Scotland. It's Scotland Scotland. because they're wearing the kilts. Sure. Well, it's the UK skirts. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, basically, but she's like a tomboy. She's really good at hunting. She doesn't want to be a, like a lady. She wants to like be shooting the bow, and she's really good with it on the stuff. And through it, you know what happens? Obviously, she turns everyone into bears. Basically, a bear fight. But the first, I don't know, fifteen minutes of this movie, I think, actually works pretty well. I yeah. think the relationship between the mom it and is. the daughter, I think, works because like you know that. The mom just wants what's best for her, and she thinks that Merida is being destructive to herself, going around this line that she doesn't need a man or she doesn't need anything like that. She knows that she's being like self-destructive. So, I mean, I'd just say for me the big problem with it is I feel like it's a Disney princess movie. Yeah. And I can't really get over that fact, and that kind of slightly ruins it for me. Yeah, I feel like Disney had a – Obviously, this is after Disney acquired Pixar. I feel like they had a really heavy hand here. Uh, I felt like they wanted to maybe shift Disney Princess. But the thing is, is then Disney also puts out Tangled, which Tangled is a much better movie than Brave, I feel like. But um, 
At least from the Disney Pixar point of view. Well, I just think it's a better movie in general, but uh, it's not Pixar. Tingle's not Pixar. Um, but it just was weird because it, they're going for obviously like it's a Disney princess, but at Pixar, and it doesn't work on the level of Pixar because I don't know. I, I don't. I don't feel like this was a groundbreaking anim- animation. I once again, I think the background kind of like in Good Dinosaur kind of worked. But yeah, this movie really falls off after the fifteen minute mark for me. Um, it kind of goes into this nonsensical storyline of bear people turning into bears and stuff and yeah so, i mean it just doesn't really work i don't think so disney obviously acquired pixar in 2006 so yeah this is six years after yeah yeah i'd definitely say the beginning like caleb said is really good and i'd say once pretty much the mom turns into a bear is when it yeah really exactly. starts that, to fall off. that first act i think really works well then like i said after that i just I found it just be mind-numbingly just pointless, I it, guess. It's just weird to be a Pixar. Like, yeah, it, it just, could easily be played better as a Disney princess It movie. definitely just feels like a Disney movie, yeah. There's lots of singing in it, I believe. Yes. Not, maybe not singing, but there's lots of songs in it. Like, a lot more than most Pixars. Yeah, I think it actually had a decent soundtrack if oh, i remember sure. correctly but uh, yeah it just it just doesn't work i i don't think the um, human animation is done really well though yeah and then we have um coming in at number 16 we have monsters university now uh actually i liked monsters university i think better than said i think i like it better than most people um because even though once again pixar doesn't do anything groundbreaking with their animation in this one to me i i think a lot of the jokes land uh, I think it's kind of cool to see their before stories, even though I don't think it's necessarily necessary. But I really, really do like the ending of the movie. I think them actually being kicked out, and then they have to work their way up from the mailroom. I think it's a cool, like American Dream kind of story in it. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, I'm I not gonna say that. it's great, but uh, I, I mostly humor landed for me once again. So actually, like, I don't mind watching this movie, even though a lot of people hate it and think it's a cash grab, which I think it kind of is. But I don't think it's necessarily near as abhorrent as Cars 2 or Cars 3. I believe it's the opening scene. I think it has one of the best opening scenes when they're pulling up to the college. Yeah. And you see everything going on. I think that's one of the coolest Pixar opening scenes by far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing the college, the big people or the big giants going on. It is a unique with the frats, but it's just... I don't know. It's just okay. Like I think it had a kind of weak storyline for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I'm not gonna say it's like a great story by any means, but I. I find it enjoyable to watch. I mean, once again, I mean it's number sixteen out of twenty-two, so I don't think it's that great. But I. It's a fun watch for me. Yeah. So I guess coming in next at fifteen is basically they couldn't think of what to do, so they put Dory on Finding Dory instead of Finding Nemo. Basically, borderline basically the same thing, honestly. Yeah. um, Same characters. I mean, I guess they go into the fish tank, which is a little bit different, but all it is is just a bigger fish tank than Nemo was in. Yeah, even though we don't, I don't think Finding Nemo as high as most people would on this list, um... Finding Dory feels like it's. It just feels a very a cash grab. Feels extremely unnecessary. Like, do we really need the full backstory on Dory? And then again, if do we need that backstory in an hour and forty minutes? Like, that's what I, I'm saying. That's the problem with this movie. Um, I, th- yeah, I, I really don't. I don't have much to say about this one. I feel like it's just basically a very unnecessary sequel. Basically shows a few minutes of a backstory of Dory, which no one really needed, I guess. But they gave us baby Dory, so most people forgave them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, coming in at 14 is Bugs Life. Now, this is uh, Pixar's second full-length feature ever after Toy Story. And um, this one did not the praise that Toy Story did. When Toy Story came out, it was such a groundbreaking piece, and then you go to Bugs Life, a lot of people were let down. And especially now, it kind of looks like um, like a PlayStation 2 graphics or something. Like, it's not great animation, but then again, you know, this is the 90s, so I'm not going to sit here and complain. 
complain all that much about that. And they're trying to imitate nature, where nature is a lot harder to imitate than like a room, I guess you could say. Because yeah. you can get away, I guess you can get away with a lot more animation in a like bedroom than you could in nature, because it looks more natural in a bedroom than it would in real, like actually physical, tangible things that you would think of as always being natural. And yeah, another thing with this movie that I think hurts it, like the unlike the Toy Stories, is uh, the human element. I don't think is as strong here. Like it's more of a, a a story, you know. Because if you the really good Pixar's is what they do is like I kind of said earlier is they take you on these crazy situations or put you in these crazy like kind of scenarios that is really unique, but yet you feel that real human intimate connection. This one, I'm not saying you don't relate to the characters because I think you do but I just don't think it teaches you that moral you know yeah that like these other movies have and um for that I don't think it's that's why I think it's as low as it is on the list for me personally I truly think this is the forgotten Pixar for sure yeah I kind of actually have to agree with you here like I forgot about it I feel Before like, we started this series, if we're being yeah, honest. Yeah, I, I feel like Brave is remembered just because it's so, like, Disney princess. I think that or the Good Dinosaur, I think, really are the two that... I think Onward, Good Dinosaur, and uh, Bugs Life will be the three that are yeah most forgotten with time to come. Moving on, probably one of the biggest anticipated films of this last decade, and... One of the most disappointed anticipated films of this last decade is Incredibles 2. We've been waiting for it for, what, 10 years? Over 10 years? Yeah. Um, yeah. For what, sure. Yeah. It's 13? Uh, I think it was 2004. So 14? 14 yeah, years. 14 years. Um, yeah. Like I said, this was super anticipated, obviously, for 14 years. Uh, the ending of Incredibles leaves you on... Um, a cliffhanger, you know, kind of thing. I mean, not super big one, but uh, we'll get more into why I love the Incredibles and stuff. But Incredibles two, it even though I think this works as probably the second best sequel in the series in like all of Pixar's. What only behind like Toy Story? Okay, I was gonna say yeah, that's what I said second. Um, be- it just I don't know it. It, it works in a lot of areas, I feel like. But then again, I think because Incredibles is so great that making a sequel, you're expecting the same. And if it doesn't equal that, it's automatically going to be lower. Because if you're going to make the sequel, you got to make sure it's expounds on the characters or just something. I still think this is good, though. I still think this is a decent movie. This, this was the problem with it. They tried going more of a kid's route. It's true. And when they do that, they take a lot of liberties that are unnecessary and kind of ruin it. In this sense, everything, it was a lot funnier than the first one, I'd say. Like, more jokes. Um, I guess overall, it was just made me laugh more. But the problem was, everything was so predictable. That's true. Like, I legitimately, first 10 minutes into the show, I saw what was coming. That's how predictable it was. And that is not enjoyable because when you know the end of the movie right off the bat, it's not good and though my rebuttal to being well the first one was so good how do you live up to the second one what about shrek and shrek 2 like (laughs) those are two amazing animation films (laughs) like you you watch the first shrek and you're like how could they how could they even live up to this and then they make this second one and you're like they lived up to it yeah and also this one the villain is the screen slaver right and um that that villain compared to Syndrome is just leaps and bounds. Like Syndrome, not, Syndrome is an actual super interesting villain. I agree. And Screen Slaver is just kind of there's a plot device almost. I would say, and it just it doesn't. This movie does not work as well. I, I'm not gonna say I hate it because I I still enjoy it. I think a lot of people either really hate this movie or just didn't care. Yeah. But I, I find it somewhere in the middle. That's why it's not lower than it is. But um, right. It's it's still good. I think. I think it's still watchable. Uh, moving on to number twelve. Is uh, probably the second most recent. Am I wrong? It doesn't matter. It's, it's one of the more recent Pixar's is Coco. 
Um, obviously, this one is kind of unique in the sense it explores um, a culture. Toy Story 4. You're right. And, and uh, uh, it was Inside Out. No, 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 no. I just passed it. Uh, I mean, Onward. Incredibles 2 was before it. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, Coco explores the Day of the Dead. And it's actually, I feel like this, I feel like Pixar went through quite a slump in the 2010s. Like, late 2000s, 2010s, pretty much up to this movie. Most of the movies were sequels or unoriginal. And Coco actually sure. seems like a very original kind of very Pixar esque, obviously. You know the interesting fact that the guitar playing is actually the chords you would play to play those songs yeah. on the guitar. Like this movie, I think going with the Day of the Dead and going to like that dead world, you know, kind of thing, and he has to get back to the real world, like and they're only remembered if they're pictures. Like I think it's actually a really cool unique Pixar unique way of explaining things and for a lot of it, I'm actually really, I'm right there with it. I think it's a good movie. I just don't think it's one of the best Pixar's. Yeah. Nope. I would definitely say I'm not really a musical orientated guy. So, I mean, that kind of hurts it for me a lot. Now, it doesn't, like, take it away, like, wow, this makes it a bad film. It's just, like, that's just not my groove. Like, I can respect it if it's good, but... I'm not going to go out of my way to watch this all the time. So, with that being said, that was the weaker point for me. But, like, the amount of design that went into this city and the other place, like, I think that was honestly super unique. Yeah. Over on the other side, how they designed it all. Yeah, I truly believe this is the first one of everything we've listed where... The animation, because that's what Pixar's known for, is doing leaps and bounds on animations. I feel like this one is another leap and bound for Pixar with Coco. It was a very, like I said, beautiful animation everywhere. And um, I feel like its biggest flaw to me is that, uh, obviously, we're not Hispanic. Yeah. And I feel like the Day of the Dead and stuff is like, just, I feel like if I celebrate the Day of the Dead, this mm-hmm. movie would be a lot higher for me. Because or, it would hold or a worse, would be offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I've heard is like, I know a lot of people like it, especially. So, I mean, no, I thought yeah. it was good. It's just, uh, I feel like everything above this list just holds more of a place yeah. in my brain, you know? Moving on to our next one, we have Toy Story 4. Maybe not the best modern Pixar, but a really, really well done modern Pixar. It's an hour and 40 minutes. It obviously is a unseen movie coming because three pretty much wrapped up the series, but four came back in, and it's unique in one part. Sporky, That's yeah, the yeah. Unique part. So just like the Good Dinosaur, we did a whole review of this one of our first podcasts actually, and um, so if you want more in depth look on that, just go back to that one. But um, Seth liked this a lot more than I did. Uh, I did not hate this. But I just didn't feel like it was warranted. Had the most humor out of all four Pixar's. Mm. Toy Story best is animation. Fun. Of course, it's the newest. Um, so a lot of people didn't have a problem with this. It, at first, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, biggest cash crab ever! This is gonna be terrible." And it wasn't terrible. I'll it give wasn't them that. The biggest cash crab either. It I wasn't mean, um, made a lot of money, but. It wasn't a bad movie. So this basically wraps up... Toy Story 3 wraps up the story of Andy and his toys, which I think is a phenomenal ending, and the series should have ended there. I'm totally fine with that. But a lot of people were like, okay, what if we make a movie about the whole ending of uh, uh, Woody? You know, Woody's ending, because he was in there from the beginning. We need something to end his story. Which I don't think is bad, which I don't think is necessarily unwarranted. Yeah. I just felt like I'm 100% content with Toy Story 3. Because if anything, Woody's ending is more important than Andy's ending. Yeah, but... Even though Andy is more of a trope, I guess you could say. Yeah. But Woody is the main character. Sure, but it is. But I felt like Toy Story 3 ended it on a really good note. I I think most people were very content with it. Toy Story 4 just ends the story of Woody 
And like I said, Sporky's introduced, which is a major, major character in this movie. And he's pretty likable. Uh, of course, Keanu Reeves makes an appearance in it because everything has to have Keanu Reeves in it right now. True. Um, <laughs> it, it's a good movie. Yeah. It, it holds up. Uh, it has a good... It ends the story well. The villain, I'm not super hype on. But a lot of people think she's a super, super good villain. But... um. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think this was the funniest. I, I think Toy Story two and Toy Story and Toy Story. I think actually all the other ones are funnier to me. I did not laugh at Toy Story four that much. There was a couple parts I thought were pretty funny. But, I thought it was um, really funny. Yeah, well, well, it's not a big deal. So, uh, moving on, number ten, we got Finding Nemo. Um, now I feel like this was two thousand one. Um, three, three, dang, two thousand three. Okay. Um. This movie is, I think, actually a really... I think it's a good movie. I'm not going to say I, I'm 100% in love with it, but I think it has a really good character arc of Marlon the dad. And the movie's not re- even really about Nemo. Like, it is. But the movie is definitely focused more on Marlon and his parenting. And um, this movie is... you. I, I don't know why, but I always block it out of my brain that first, like, minute. The first, like, two, three minutes of this movie. That that is pretty scary for, like, a kid, like, to watch. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's a pretty brutal and, like, moving scene. So, um... I'd I'd definitely say this has the best side characters in it. Or, like, what's his name? The turtle? Uh... I don't know what his name is. When he gets to the fish tank, all the fish in the fish tank. Yeah. They're really good characters. The fi- the shark, yes, uh, yes. The whole when they meet the all, sharks, all is the cool. fish that keep bugging, uh, Marlin. You know, like keep making faces at him. Yeah, in fish form, like really good side characters. And like, then even I mean, some of the best. Even though I think Dory is somewhat ruined because of Fine Dory, there's too much. Just kind of like there's too much Tomater in Cars too. But um, she's really good in this. Um, gosh dang, why why can't I think of her name? Ellen. Yeah, Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen. Her playing Dory is obviously iconic at this point and is was probably most remembered from that movie. But her playing someone who has short-term memory loss, is just, it's just really works in the movie. The movie's really fun to watch. I mean, it's just, like Seth said, there's so many great characters in this movie that are actually pretty well-developed. And yeah, obviously sure. the whole story between Marlon and his, his son, Nemo, is a really good, like, I don't know, like morals to it and stuff like that. So I mean, it's a really appreciated movie. I I think to me, this this top ten, everything after this movie really stands out as like peak Pixar. Even though this is number ten, I think everything after this is super unique, tells a great story, and is really really relatable. Um, sure, but this would be our second worst series, the Nemo series. There's only four series, or oh yeah, it's true. In it, so like it's not like it's really bad. Like I guess if I had to bracket the series, I'd say there's an upper three bracket, and then there's a bottom one bracket with cars in it. But yeah, <laughs> Nemo Nemo series is good. Just the second one was so unnecessary. Yeah, that it really falls off. But the yeah. first one. I wouldn't suggest giving it to your really young kids, like Caleb said, the opening scene. But besides that, it's a really, it's a w- really well done father son bonding movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on to number nine, Ratatouille. Whoa, you're taking my slot. You did Nemo. Okay. Moving yeah. on to number nine, we got Ratatouille, 2007, a minute fifty one minute movie. Pretty unique. Um, I think really. This was the second, I want to say the second time they actually had humans in it besides Toy Story, like humans as a main role, kind of. This is, yeah, I'd say this is the second time that, yeah, humans play a main role and besides Incredibles. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And, but Toy these Story. are realistic humans, so, like, I guess they this would be the first probably. time there's, like, real, real humans as a main role, because Incredibles, it's superheroes. And anyways, this is unique in the sense this rat is the best chef on the face of the planet. <laughs> yeah. And he basically controls this guy through his hair. Yeah. It's just kind of weird, but <laughs> it's, yeah. it's pretty funny. Um, yeah. So this, 
it's like this young aspiring chef. He he wants to be good. He's working in the restaurant, but he's just he's just not. But um, Remy the rat is an excellent cook. He can smell things better than humans and stuff, and he th- sees all the mixtures in his head. So like Seth said, he controls this young aspiring chef. Yeah. To become one of the best chefs in France. Um. Now this movie yeah, is well. kind of weird in the sense of um. It's initial initial like coming out and everyone everyone I think liked it. It's a, it's a decent Pixar when it came out. No one had really complaints. But this movie has really started to pick up steam and it is becoming a lot of people's favorite Pixar, which I think is kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's kind of living on and uh, becoming better and better as the years go by. Because uh, it kind of has like um, a whole thing to do with uh, critiquing and that's why I think it obviously has a good thing with uh critics because it kind of shows the depth and everything because that's, that's basically the whole plot of the movie is that they have to impress this critic and he's super hard to impress and yada 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 but it, that's why i think a lot of critics are now looking back and loving this movie is because it kind of paints a picture of them in this movie and they can see what critiquing does and so yeah. forth but i i really enjoy this movie i think it's pretty funny um, I do have liked it better the more I've watched it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd agree. Yeah. So my turn moving on. Number eight is Wally. Shout out to Vince. Um, <laughs> Wally is basically, there's no talking virtually for like, I don't know, first 45 minutes, first 40 minutes. There's no humans. It's basically the earth destroys itself through global warming or whatever and um left on the planet is this like basically garbage robot wally and he sits there and collects things until he meets another like um what's it called another robot comes down to earth yeah. to survey it to find if it's livable again for humans to come back because humans want this gigantic ship up in the sky and basically all they do is sit there and eat and watch everything virtually and get fat. Yeah. And um, he falls in love with Eve. He gets on the ship. They go back. Um, this movie is, I think, one of... Uh, it's for sure one of Pixar's smartest movies. Because, I mean, they're able to stay very engaging with, through the only use of, like, soundtrack and visuals. And I think that's really cool. The score is really good for this movie and stuff. But, um, yeah, like I said, there's barely any talking, and yet this movie looks really cool. All the sets that they – this world that they build and everything, and even the spaceship. Yeah. And, I, and, like, it's really, I think, unique because the messaging is almost over – like, it's they almost overexert themselves with the, with the messaging of this film. But they're right on the line where it's just – not heavy-handed enough for it to be like still really good and really enjoyable. Yeah, it definitely brings forth a yes. One of the I think all the Pixar's have good messages overall, but obviously this one's most fo- focused on like the Earth. Yeah, and how humans destroy it. Yeah. It also shows that we're caught up in like a virtual world, constantly not paying attention to each other. We'd rather just do everything over the phone or. I think it's unique computers. in the sense that there's no talking, like Caleb said, and how they use the soundtracks, and it's a really, if you think about it, really a basic film. Like this one's it's so, sent to space. They have robots down there just cleaning up the trash. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like the beauty in this film, and almost the ingenious in this movie is that, like, well, it also makes it a lot harder because they're not. They have they're basically handicapping themselves, and but they're still able to put forth one of the best Pixar movies, and one of the best animated movies that's ever been created. So, sure, yeah, and I mean it's good, but on a personal standpoint, I just think there's far better Pixar's. Like, I, I, because there was no talking, because there was not, I guess, a sense of like. You felt for Wally just because all the odds were against him. I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, I, to me, everything, uh, the top ten is pretty close to each other. 
Yeah. So I mean, I I I think even though the distance between find the tenth and the first one, I don't think is the great like that big of a jump. So that's why I'm able to say these things, and it's still being a number eight. Yeah. You know? Now number seven, we have up, which is probably the biggest conspiracy theory orientated Pixar, <laughs> with whether this is all a dream or an illusion. I guess you could say. Yeah. After the kid comes to his porch, and if basically he just fell and broke his hip and is now just off in another world, just dreaming about flying his house over there. Because realistically, this doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> yeah, so as I said, it fo- this movie basically follows Carl Fredrickson and the Boy Scout Russell. And obviously they come across um, their do- a golden retriever or some sort of dog. And they even come across like this peacock. Anyways, yeah, this movie's crazy. But um, like I've always said, I think I mentioned on the podcast before, um, the opening montage or the opening scene, I guess, um, is the backstory to Fredrickson is easily some of the is probably some of the best Pixar ever. I think without debate, the amount of emotional ties to have you. Most people are crying within the first three minutes of this movie. Yeah. I mean, it is really good. And the thing is, the rest of the movie is really good, too. Like, I enjoy the rest of the movie, but obviously those first few minutes are just, like, some of the best that we see on screen. I'd agree with you on that. And, um, like, I feel like that really boosts this movie up. It's definitely very touching, I guess you could say, or emotional. Yeah. It's just really, really well put together, I think. And the storyline after that, and Fredrickson basically finding enjoyment again and joyfulness again after this tough loss he's just endured, is it's it's good. It's good. It's great. But that opening, the opening is just like phenomenal, and I, I just don't think we can overstate how good it is. You know, and I'd say a theory out there. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of girls like this movie for that reason. The opening and how he's doing this because it was him and his wife's dream. I feel like a lot of girls liked it for that reason. Yeah, I mean, I defend this movie, but I think I uh, I think I mostly criticize this movie to other people more than anything. Because most people are like, oh my gosh, this is the best Pixar. It's so good. And I'm like, well... If you erase that first few minutes, is the movie still the best Pixar? Of course, to argue, they'll say yes, but there's no way. Take it out that 10 minutes. It's still a solid Pixar, but I don't think it's a great Pixar, you know? I'd agree completely. Uh, Hit us with the next. Moving on is uh, number six, Inside Out. Uh, First watch for me this time around. Actually, I've avoided this movie for a long time. Um. Just a super unique movie. I, I mean, we'll go. I have a question at the end of it, I'll ask, but this is this movie going over the emotions playing in someone's head and all this stuff and how they're like, controlling you. And it's just like a lot of thought went into this. And um, it's a really fun movie. Now, I'm kind of, I want to say what they find out along the way to me doesn't work as well as the rest of the movie. All right. So. I think I know where you're going, but I mean we can spoil it. I mean, what I'm gonna say, I know what I'm gonna say about the movie is I think this is the most unique Pixar movie that's ever came out. See, I, I was gonna I was gonna ask that at the end. I'll still wait till the end, I guess, yeah. to discuss that more. Okay, but um, and I'd say that's the reason I like it a lot. Also, watching it for a second time because the first time I watched it, I think I was in eighth grade. Watching it for a second time, there's actually some funny adult jokes like oh yeah between the parents inside out people going uh, on yeah, yeah. It's there's some funny. really funny the brazilian yeah. yeah yeah um shout out to bing bong um one of the greatest pixar characters yeah hats off to him man he Respect. saves the day sacrifices himself Dude, that was that was that was sad i'm not gonna lie when bing bong died i was like bro bro what the heck he literally saves this girl's life yeah, it at did, the cost of destroying her imaginary friend, let alone himself. Yeah, I 
this movie, like I said, is just so unique, and everything is obviously really well thought out because it all plays out like really well. Everything meshes together, even in this crazy made-up world, and it all really, really works out good. The only thing about it that, like I said, with the ending where they're like, "We need sadness to have happiness," or wasn't that kind of the, like the whole theme of the whole movie? Yeah, you need some or no happiness isn't what it was is some of your happiest memories have sad parts in it like for instance just because it's one of your favorite memories doesn't mean it's a happy memory it wasn't like the best i mean i think i think what they're saying is like sadness is a part of life and like sadness is necessary like when your grandma dies like it's good to be sad it's good to mourn for them because then we can like Move think on. about them and like move on from it like it's a good feeling to have because it means we care about something i guess yeah but it just was like to me it was like wasn't the, with how great everything else is in this movie for that ending i was like okay it's passable yeah i just think this is legitimately one of the most unique films like they have inside on the other side of the island they have basically hollywood <laughs> and oh, yeah, where they the do, dreams where yeah. they do the dreams or they have like the workers that destroy all the memories that basically you don't remember like we're yeah, there yeah, but yeah. you're really not going to need or remember and then they send up the important ones so they'll send up songs yeah, like, like, songs like the same exact commercial yeah. song that like you have no idea why this always comes in your head but then they're like that's their thought on how it always comes in your head and they're doing it just because <laughs> they like the song. Yeah. I think I avoid this movie till now because um if you guys haven't noticed, I'm a gigantic contrarian. So um when this movie came out, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, this is just the greatest movie ever. Like uh, you have to watch and I'm always like, Okay, I haven't seen it, but it's for sure not the best movie ever. And you know what? They're somewhat right. This is an excellent Pixar, excellent animation. I mean, this really works on almost every level. It's a really good watch, honestly, for the first time. I'm definitely going to revisit this movie. Like, I, I'm not afraid to say that. Yeah. Like, I will never watch Cars 2 or Cars 3 or Di- Good Dinosaur or probably Onward. Bottom 15. Probably Brave, probably Cars. Bottom 15. Eh. No, bottom 17. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never rewatch the bottom five on this list. Yeah, so... Moving on, we have Toy Story 2 at number 5. This is coming into our top 5 category. Now, this is... I mean, I'm sure I've seen it before, but I felt like this was the first time I've ever seen Toy Story 2. And that's why I was surprised with... We had some people... A lot of people putting Toy Story 2 as the best one on their... uh, On our Instagram page for the best Pixar. And I was sitting there, I was like, what about Toy Story 3 or even 1? But... Surprisingly enough, hour and 30 minutes, it really did hold up. Really well done also. I think, I feel like the most amount of work is put into the Toy Stories. Yeah, um, I'm with Seth on this one. I was re-watching it, I was like, man, have I actually ever even, like, seen this movie, like, before? Like, the I did villain, not remember, like, half of it. The oh, villain I also in remember- this is phenomenal. What? The villain in all three of them are phenomenal. Oh yeah, this uh, Newman playing like the toy collector, and it's just or Bugs or Buzz Lightyear, yeah, Zorb. Yeah, that that was legitimately one of the funniest scenes where they're on the elevator with Zorg and the alternate Buzz Lightyear. Like this, this movie is really like it's a great sequel. I think I think it really holds up. Now, obviously, as you can tell, I like Toy Story three and Toy Story better, but this one was actually really good. I really enjoyed myself. Um, it's just not the best of them. Yeah, I definitely though say this is some. It's up there for one of the best sequels. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, no doubt. It expanded on the characters, added some new characters. It just really works out, I think, really, really well, and I'm pretty glad about that. Um, yeah, super proud. Uh, moving on to number four is Monsters Inc. The fan favorite. Um. This movie, obviously, they use scare to power the whole city. It's dying, so they, in the end, find out they have to use um, laughter. Obviously, it's a big take on corporatism and how it's evil and greedy, and 
invades all of our lives and even though it's not the most efficient you know it whatever but um and super happy ending i would say i'd say this movie maybe starts out like a little bit dark for kids and kind of scary but in the end i'm sure the kids are feeling good because what they find out is that instead of the monster scaring people to power it if the kids laugh it puts out 10 times the power yeah um yeah, obviously the whole like if humans come uh, twenty three nineteen all stuff is really funny. Uh, basically, what happens? Obviously, the a girl comes through the door, and then Mike Wazowski and Sully have to take care of the kid, basically, and they actually come to realize it's a like not a crazy creature and all the stuff. But um, uh, something I was discussing is uh, Mike Wazowski and Sullivan, played by Billy Crystal and Jai Goodman, probably some of the best on screen duos. I mean, these work perfectly together, and the characters that they both are voicing are just so good. And um, yeah. you just love the whole movie, basically, throughout with them in it. Uh, even a pretty good villains, I think. Randall, played by Steve Buscemi, shout out. But um, it's just a really fun movie, really enjoyable. Um, it, once again, it is another super unique Pixar like that, because we all sat there, always thought there's monsters in our closets and stuff, and they would scare us. And in reality, like this shows that kids aren't crazy. This is actually like, happening. It's just a really cool, really fun, unique way of telling a story and uh, making it relatable. And that's what the thing I think they do is so good. It's so weird, like these monsters, yet still so relatable, you know, to yeah. humans and stuff. And I think I think they do a really good job at it. I mean, even though this movie is phenomenal. And you find out it has probably the biggest plot twist in all the Toy Stories in the end. Oh, Pixar's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's wonderful. I'd have to say starting us off with the next one on our top three. I'd say our top three, even though all top ten are pretty close, I'd say our top three stand out more than the rest, if that makes sense. Like, there's a little bit of a gap between our top three and the rest on our top ten. Uh, yes, for sure. I agree with this. Because coming at top three, which I would even say are two and three, my book are pretty much tied, and I'll give a reason why in a minute, but is Toy Story 3. And probably arguably one of the best, or the best Toy Story. It comes in an hour 43 minutes. It brings in probably the best villain of the series with... A crazy monkey that is probably a little bit frightening, if anything. Yeah. And it really bands the toys together, which is the main plot of all four of them. And um, the ending is just phenomenal. Well, also the villain's the Mr. Hugs a lot. Or, That's what I mean, best villain. I said probably the best villain yeah, in Toy Story. Um, this movie, for me, like I was saying back with Toy Story 4, is it really wraps up the series really nice. And uh, I I feel like it's just this this movie is so good to me as a really good emotional weight to it and you actually really feel for the characters and it actually feels like you're giving something up for something better and that's like the whole plot it's like not to hold on because maybe the next chapter is even better than that and um, this movie just really worked for me I think it's hilarious in the daycare like Seth said and everything and um, the characters introduced are really good as usual. Um, turns into basically a heist movie in the end. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I really do enjoy this movie quite a bit. Uh, I, I think I had it as my favorite Toy Story until we just rewatched them. Um, but it really holds up for me. I really enjoy it. Like I said, the villain, I think really works because you actually see like his background and what made him who he is. Unlike in the fourth one, I don't, they kind of have the same... It kind of has the same feel to it, but I think this is better. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just has a really good ending. Yeah. Number two is uh, Toy Story. Um, this is obviously one of the biggest groundbreaking animation movies of all time. Uh, obviously, before Disney acquired it, I mean, just super iconic. Pretty much everyone's seen it. Probably one of the most famous movies of all time. I mean, let's be real. Um, just Woody meeting Buzz for the first time. Buzz realizes he's not on an alien spaceship, you know. Uh, the relatability that they just want to have attention, you know. 
I mean, this movie just, I think, works out on so many levels. And also, it's just super hilarious. Shout out to the shark <laughs> for making my day. <laughs> um, this movie is just really good. I mean, I don't know what to really say about this movie that hasn't been said a thousand times. But it I'd worked. say a couple key factors for me, personally, is it sets off one of the best... I don't even know what you'd call a four-movie trilogy. A quad... Yeah, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, it sets off at least the best trilogy till 2019 or 2020 when Toy Story 4 came out. And then, on top of it, it has probably... Everyone knows the song in this. Like, if you don't know the song, something's wrong. You yeah, got a yeah. friend of me... Yep. Like, super iconic. Yeah, I just... And uh, it makes you feel for the characters, like, in depth. It's an hour and 20 minutes. Means that there's no... Like, there's no time this feels like it's a long movie. Not dragging him. At all. Which makes it so much better. You got the struggle between Woody and Buzz Lightyear. And then in the end, how they bond. Which is a great friendship builder. And then you have Andy with his love for his toys. And, I mean, what more could you have from a movie? Yeah, I agree with Seth. I mean... And the animation still holds up from 1995 to an extent. I think I think what they should do, instead of making another sequel, is what they should just do is they should just remaster all these movies. Like, remaster Toy Story and re-put it in the theaters. Like, I think that's a way better option. Just update the animation Yeah, they stuff. could do, like... How they do back-to-back Star Wars in a day? They could do all four Toy Stories. <laughs> yeah, just remaster them. I'm like, I, I'd rather them do that than they do stupid Lion King, the realistic version. Like, I'd rather them just update the animation on Toy Story. Like, th- I think that's a better option than making sequels or making really bad remakes, uh, live-action remakes or whatever the heck they're calling them now. But um, yeah, Toy Story really works. It's like I said, t- it's uh, most top 100 movies you have to see before you die kind of thing. Like, it's just one of those most famous movies. Uh, it really yeah. jump-started Pixar. Um, coming at number one for both of us, which I, I was a little surprised about, but is The Incredibles. Yeah, it could very well be easily top three best superhero movies of all time. Um, top three animation movies of all time. I mean, yeah, I just, it's one, I just love this movie so much. It's hilarious, but it also is really good at balancing comedy and drama throughout the whole movie also the family struggle yeah and that's that's one of the things i think it does best is like we've explained before is um even though this family has superpowers and they're doing crazy crazy things they're also has to struggle with everyday life and they have to go through everyday life just like anyone anyone else has to and so it gives you a good like even though the whole movie is backdrop of superheroes is this all really relatable, like, that sometimes the mundane life, like, you want excitement, and sometimes, though, the excitement is bad. Like, we just have to appreciate the things we have when we have them. Yeah. And not take things for granted, because the grass is not always greener. And the the, villain. Yeah, the villain. One of the, if not, him and the bear. Are easily the best villain in yeah, Pixar. I think it's just a really good villain in most superhero. I think that's where most superhero movies fail, is having a good coherent villain, not just like some super overpowered beast. You know, Syndrome has great motivation. It really you understand it. They play it out. He's a real character. He's not just a force behind something. Like he's not just evil. He's actually like has good it, like. You understand his intentions throughout yeah, the whole movie and why he sure. does the things he does. Um, also, the beginning of this movie in that 70s, like, noir kind of aspect, the way they even, like, do grainy film, you know, to show as old is really good. Um, it's really cool because basically the world turns on them because they're too helpful sometimes. Um, I mean, I don't have to en- mention uh, Edna Mole. Yeah. <laughs> and all that stuff. It's One really of the funny. greatest voices. <laughs> yeah, no capes. Uh, just, this is, I just really love this movie. I'll rewatch it anytime. I just think it, it's not like peak animation for Pixar. I think you have to go Toy Story for that one. But, um. Yeah, I'd agree with you. 
it just this and also the interesting thing is this movie came out before this like a lot of the hype of yeah, superhero oh, came out. Sure. I mean, it came out before the MCU. I mean, well, this it's kind of started hype. Movie. Everyone wanted a toy or an Incredibles two. Well, yeah, for years because of the superhero hype, and then they gave us a very non subpar subpar sequel. But like, it's it, no matter what, they would have been really hard to make a sequel for this movie because I I think it just really works. The whole movie works. There's no dead space in this movie. There's no scenes I could think of that like you could take out. And also, the animation is really good too. I, I don't want to like dunk on that by any means, but. Uh, I just really enjoyed this movie throughout. I, like I said, I think it's the best Pixar. I think it's the best Disney movie. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's our list. Uh, obviously, Toy Story comes in first for the best animation. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say. Oh, my, que- my question is is uh, before you answered it is uh, it's gonna be what one do you think is the most unique? I think Inside Out. And I I, I I'm gonna go with Monsters Inc. Personally, I just felt like Monsters, Inc. was like, it felt more relatable, I guess. Even though the both I just both feel like Inside good. Out is just so unique in everything that's done. Yeah. It's maybe, and how it how it replicates real life on an inner, in, on the inside of you. Yeah. The only thing is I feel like the small details in Monster, Inc. weighs it out for me. Like, uh, I just think it's, some of it is so smart and so good writing. And don't get me wrong, I think Inside Out does really well in that area. I just think it's, just for me, I think it's just the uniqueness of it all. Sure. Works sure. a little bit better. Um, So, I guess that wraps it up. We might do a little pre-episode. Yeah, we might throw in a bonus episode of um the shorts. Or, or like, a before episode. Like... If the next podcast we do isn't going to last that long, we'll just throw that in about yeah. the shorts and where we rank them and a little bit about them, I guess, breaking down what they mm-hmm. are and you so you know what they are. Because yeah. I, I really do think just as much effort is put into the shorts as is put into the movies. Yeah, and sometimes I think a lot of the shorts are better than a lot of the movies just because um, there's not drag, you know? Yeah, like, I I really enjoy. Uh, even though I don't know if it's a short, but the ending of Cars, they go the drive in and are watching Monsters Inc. and they're all cars. Like that's pretty funny. Like I thought that was pretty unique. Like stuff. I agree. And, and um, I guess what I'd say is for our next podcast, we weren't really sure what to do. So Caleb threw out the suggestion: let's recommend a movie, and then we really didn't know what to recommend. But I came across I think a pretty good movie that you didn't think about. That I've wanted to watch doesn't have a, it has a six point one user rating, nah, which is suck. which is not good. But no, I think we were record with re- recommending. Movies. But I think we were both actually excited to kind of see this, and I actually legitimately haven't heard anything really about this. I've heard it's okay, and that's from people that I don't know if I can trust their movie opinion. <laughs> Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Yes. No. <laughs> Brightburn. The Superman oh, Gone Bad movie. Yes. The horror yes. movie. Uh, it w- was it directed or just produced by uh, uh, James Wan? It was probably produced. It wasn't directed. It's directed by David I'm not even going to say his last name but he is also known he had part in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, this movie looked. Uh, we were going to go see it. And I don't then know he why he hasn't directed anything besides this. This we, is his first like big, big yeah, debut. We movie. never made the chance to go see this movie. I thought it looked super unique. Uh, I heard a lot of like just. I I don't think I heard anyone hate this movie. I just heard a lot of people say it was like okay. Yeah. But from the trailer, I, so that's right. I thought we looked at this. We're like, oh, dude, that looks like a pretty good like kind of horror movie, kind of like Bizarro World Superman movie. And it's an hour and thirty minutes, so you can't really go too wrong with that. I mean, yeah, you can't really drag. <laughs> yeah, and it's mostly recent, so they should have decent effects. I'm assuming. And yeah, I, it's a horror, and I like horror movies, so I feel like this was a decent pick. Uh, and my pick for the week is actually it's streaming on Amazon Prime right now. Um, Dragged Across Concrete. Uh, it has both basically duo cops of uh Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson play. Uh, partners directed by S. Craig Zahler. Zahler, I don't know how to say his name, but he's responsible for movies such as Bone Tomahawk, Brawl and Cell Block 99, and this is kind of his trio. We've seen the other two, and his movies are just 
extreme violence, extreme masculinity. I mean, so this movie's Metacritic is only 60, but um, we enjoyed the other two movies. And his movies go really long. That's another thing. But I enjoy them. I mean, like, yeah. like I said, the violence is just for sure way over the top. I'm excited. That's but yeah, I'm excited sure. to see it. Um, so I definitely though about my movie, it is Brightburn. Yeah. Okay, so it is on Stars with a Z. Yeah. But I believe if you have a Hulu subscription, so not like a Hulu with ad subscription, like an actual Hulu subscription, you can watch it on Hulu. Just to let you know. Or Amazon if you have a star subscription. Yeah. Uh, that wraps it up. Actually, it's not Amazon Prime. It's on uh, HBO Now. But HBO Now is free for everyone. So, um, or HBO Go. So, basically, that wraps it up. Questions, concerns, podcast at gmail.com. Or hit us in the DMs at the same name, podcast on Instagram. We throw out daily polls. We throw out pictures of our new episodes. Um, just random movie questions. Uh, feel yeah. free to DM us anything you want. Or what you want our next podcast to be. Yeah, if you see I a movie mean, that, you want, that you think is interesting, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, basically then we have our letterbox and I also got my own personal letterbox and I'll be in the links down below. Yeah. And, uh, Royal Cheese's letterbox is the same thing. Royal Cheese podcast. Yes, sir. Remember we took a film class and obviously because, um, we're the smartest. This is the official Pixar canon and this is on the Disney website pretty soon because, this is exactly what the Pixar should be ranked. They don't go off of people's ratings. They go off of Royal Cheese ratings. Exactly, exactly. All right, guys. See you later. Bye.